Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, and with me is Todd, and we're coming live for us and recording for you. It'd be weird if it was the other way around from Nikki X Happy Hour Studios. Unless we're on recording. It's weird, isn't it? I guess we are on recording. That's right. our show. Thanks for listening. So, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're going <laughs> meta. That's meta our show. Today. Yeah. <coughs> meta. And, uh, it's a meta show. Listening, yeah, it's a, it's a world world be free. So, uh, who's oh, Meta? Who's the basketball player? Meta? Didn't he change his name to Meta? It reminded meta, me of world. Metaverse. Yeah. I probably should change it again. Change it to Metaverse. Metaverse. That's that's right. Multiverse. I probably can't do that. So, anyway, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Not really. It's a, it's gonna be a shorter show because next week. We're going to be talking draft. It's going to be fun. It's going to be three days long, and you're going to love it. And also, I want to apologize. The show is going to be three days long? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah three days long. Oh, you, okay, didn't that's cool. you, you didn't look at the I'm contract. did not look at the contract. So uh, I want to apologize for something I said last week, which was uh, if you're listening to this, it's whatever day that we say it is. That's unfair because we assume that people aren't listening to this podcast just once, right? So we assume they're listening to it, binge listening to it three or four times during the week. So I should say it's the next day or whatever. So I apologize for those assuming that people were only going to listen once, which we know is is false just from all our all our listens. Uh, there's three and I've listened to it three. T- Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Never mind. Let's move on. So um, what, what are we talking about? Seahawks practice before Seahawks. we get in, before we get we're into about Seahawks. Before we get into the Seahawks, we do want to say happy Easter um, or happy uh, Ramadan or happy pa- – do they say happy Ramadan, happy Passover? And I don't mean any disservice to those 
to the people who worship in those faiths. I just don't know. Like, you know, we say Merry Christmas, but the English say Happy Christmas. It's like, okay, what do they say anything or is it just? Well, the English are weird. English are weird. That's true. We all know that. That's true. That's true. Happy. Feliz Pascual. We can say that too. So. Is he playing for Norwich or Nor- Newcastle? I was watching that earlier. Yes. Yeah, Newcastle. Yep. And it was 1-1. So whatever day you listen to this, it's the longest football being soccer game ever because it's just like it's still ongoing and it's constantly tied. It's like that that book, that baseball book, right, from the guy who wrote Field of Dreams. What's the name of that book? And the game just goes on and on and on and on. And it's like all these innings. You know what I'm talking the, about. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. The Iowa baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. By Kinsella. I just realized not, that. Not, not Ray Kinsella, because that was the character. It takes place in Iowa. There's nine members of Slipknot. There's nine people on a field. Hmm. Mm. Is Slipknot? Field of Dreams? Could be. Yeah, could be. So, uh, okay, well, let's move on with whatever. I, I've, I've, I apologize. I've, I've lost the show already. But thank you for tuning in because, you know, a lot of people want to pick up. The reason they listen to this multiple times during the week, right, is to pick up on the, I'm going to say, it, Easter eggs that we have throughout the show. And they're like, oh. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, yeah, it's Happy Easter. Um, or uh, I, if you're Orthodox, I guess Easter is next Sunday. And so it's Happy Palm Sunday there, I guess. You know how it got to be called Palm Sunday? I didn't know this. It's actually from one of the shorter books in the Bible, Big Papa book. And it's uh, Raise Your Hands in the Air if you're a true player. And, and that's because your palm is raising up in the air. I did not know that until this morning when I made it up when I was shaving my face so anyway baker mayfield i'm glad uh, you added the uh my face well i thought uh, i'd yeah, there clarity yeah. we like to be clear on this show right yeah, yeah so yeah, sure. like like baker mayfield so did you watch the the yn i think it's called ynk the podcast he was on he, he, he it was an interesting podcast and i thought he i saw i saw the clip okay when he talked about the seahawks i watched the whole thing um because uh because I was didn't have anything to do. Oh, our system was down at work, and I was like, "Why? How did I have an hour and a half?" The podcast is an hour and a half long. Not this one, don't worry. But the one that Baker Mayfield was on, and it's he's just uh, he's sitting on a couch, and I think he must live in right. the neighborhood with these guys because they don't. He's not always on the show. It's just they know him. Um, and I think he comes across he comes across just like a he's he's a twenty something year old guy. That's how he comes across. He doesn't come across arrogant. He doesn't come across like a jerk or anything. He actually kind of is humble in some parts where they're like, oh, you know, you've got this big house and and, and yeah, you got from that. what I saw, he, I agree. I, yeah. He came across as just like a just a regular dude. Just a regular happens, dude, exactly. Happens to have a high well, who happened to have just lost a very high paying job. Although he well, really he still gets paid to do job, it, right? But, right. Yeah, right? And he's still getting paid. Right. But uh, yeah, they, they talked something about the golf cart, and he's like, actually, the golf cart came with the house. So it was just like he wasn't even saying, <laughs> I went out and bought all this stuff. Actually, it sounds like he doesn't go out and buy a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. anywho, he's he's um, the first thing I saw. Actually, I think we got an email from Fan Sided, right? Or I did, or somebody, we all did, whatever. About uh, Baker Mayfield being on this podcast and has some interesting quotes like, you know, he felt felt disrespected from by Cleveland. I don't know right. why that's groundbreaking. I would feel I felt disrespected for him. But yeah, then he yeah. said, oh, you know, he, he sees Seattle as a most likely option, quote unquote. But um, right. that is all 
he says about the Seahawks. That's literally it, most likely. Right. And, and it was a very, it was a very offhand comment too. Exactly. It wasn't like, yeah. Yeah. The way it's being played up, and and so many sites is like, wow, he's really, he's really serious about the Seahawks, and and wow, they must be talking. And it's like, it was such an offhand thing. It was just like, well, and it makes sense that it would come to him because, at the time, the Seahawks uh, had an opening in the quarterback room when when that interview was done. And it's like, okay, that kind of makes, you know, <clears throat> it really didn't make sense because, unless, like you would say in pre pro, hi, Ted, that unless Cleveland picked up a huge chunk of his contract, it wouldn't make any sense for the Seattle to turn around and, like, give him a ton of money because they're, that's exactly why Russell is not there because they didn't want to devote, I don't know, 40 million a year to a quarterback at least now right likely yeah, even it's, more it's, 50 it's, or more yeah i mean Derek carr good quarterback is he a 40 million dollar a year quarterback i mean the position well, he's he got is now the, yeah and he's a good <clears throat> yeah. quarterback and the position pays that and he's not a great quarterback right. but i wouldn't mind having him exactly. on, on the seahawks no uh, but not that not that not of that money and that's exactly no, no. why seattle's not going to make a deal for any of these quarterbacks that have been out there because <clears throat> their whole intent is to go back to the original model of we'll draft a quarterback single and then we'll have a good They're quarterback go to the single and a rookie contract. quarterback single yeah that's wing. well why a you know how much pete carroll would love that he would love that because i think he the wins games he's I, I've read somewhere that he's over 70 now, so no way. I, a lot of a, a lot of yeah, a lot of people don't know that he's old, but yeah, he's kind of old. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's no way they were ever going to go for Baker Mirfield anyway. Again, unless like Cleveland picked up, I don't know what 80 percent of his contract at least, because they're not going to shell out that much money for that position. They that's, already that's made that Upton clear. Upton Sinclair when they money is what that is. Upton Sinclair. Yeah, seriously. And now, of course. They don't have an opening in the uh, quarterback room, not for a vet, because they signed Geno Smith, which I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. But, yeah, it was just such an offhand comment by him that wasn't like, wow, he's really serious about this. It was just like, oh, the Seahawks. You know, and it was just like that, that was literally the tone. It wasn't like, wow, I'd really like to go to Seattle or I've been thinking about that or I've been con- – it was just – and and made perfect sense for him to just mention the Seahawks. But he just as easily could have said, ah, the Panthers, ah, the Saints. I mean, you know, he could have mentioned half a dozen teams. It's like that was one that came up and it made sense, but it wasn't like groundbreaking news. It's like no. And here's <laughs> here's the thing about it. about him saying that to me is that this he, I mean, he seemed like a very down to earth person. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a quarterback and blah, blah, blah. But and he, and he has a chip on his shoulder, which makes sense going back to high school and college and all that stuff. Right. But how many players would Russell Wilson have said that? No. And because he's Russell Wilson is very like, I must say whatever sounds right instead of right. like I'm being honest, because a lot of players, they wouldn't if if they were even asked that question, they wouldn't have said a team. They would have been like, well, right. I'm not sure. He's just like, I guess the Seahawks are most like, I mean. I, I didn't – if he had said, uh, I think the Ravens are the most likely, I would have been like, that's kind of a cool thing for a player to say because he's just – like, I don't know. He's just being honest. Right. But, and exactly. I know he gets a he's bad rep for 
Yeah, he gets a bad rep for being immature and stuff like that. And maybe he is. I don't know the guy. But I thought he came across. It was a very laid back uh, podcast. Is he immature? Is he immature or is he frustrated at playing for? Or is he 20 something years old? A, a, a franchise that is. Uh, has Extremely such well a run. wonderful track record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like. All those you know, people are. I mean, yeah, he didn't have good stats last year. No way you can say he had good stats. He was like, what, 27th in QBR? and He was like 27th in several categories, which is kind of crazy. But that was his worst year. Was like, and he hurt his shoulder. Uh, and he got worse right. after he hurt his shoulder, which made like Russell yeah, Wilson. You know, it's hurt. like, like you said, if if he came in on a very team-friendly contract, it's like, I'd be fine with him. It's not like, oh, my God, why can't we get Baker Mayfield? It's not like that, but... I'd be perfectly happy if we had him because yeah. he's he's gonna have a better season this year than he did last year because he's healthy and he won't be with a uh, where he is he'll probably be with a team that's better run because uh, geez how many teams are as poorly run as the Browns so you know he's he's gonna bounce back and have a better year someplace but yeah this whole thing of like. Uh, it just seems like everything, no matter what you're talking about, that things get so blown up because, as you'd said several weeks ago, you know, there's this big race to be first. And it's like, oh, we got to get that out there. Oh, we got to make this, you know, something that people are going to want to read about. And it's like, it, it was just an offhand thing. Yeah. There, there wasn't anything deeper. I, I wonder, though, if there's that race to be first. Is changing the mentality. I mean, you got Gil Brandt, who this is not bigger Mayfield, but you got Gil Brandt going on on the podcast oh talking God. about Dwayne Haskins, and that's just it was. Yeah, awful. he needs the guy to. Been uh, right, he he needs to just. They need to say, okay, you know what? We're done with this. We're done with this. I mean, yeah. Schefter's comment, Schefter's tweet, I should say, was in poor taste. It was callous, but. Yeah, but compared to what Gil Brandt said, uh, he was doing nothing but singing the praises of Haskins. It's like Gil Brandt is like, what on earth is wrong? Living with to you? die. Yeah. Living yep. to die. He was just living to die. It's like, if only that was true about you, Gil. Yeah. You know, well, like, I mean, and Gil is up. what? A hundred and seven. Yeah, he's actually that, older. It was a Pete it was a lady on the news this morning that passed or on uh, Willie Geist's show this morning, and it was the person of the week kind of thing. And she had passed away at 107, and you said the thing about Pete Carroll, who's, what, 71, I think. And I was thinking, yeah. when Pete was born, she was 36. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> kind of crazy. Old. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it just it, needs it, to go away. Mayfield isn't going to end up in Seattle, as you pointed out. They just signed Gino, re-signed Gino. Right. But if if they if he did, they wouldn't have to give up a whole lot for him. And no. the Browns may have to pay a chunk, if not all that, eighteen million dollars. And Seattle could sign him to a one million dollar deal, which heck, I'd do in a minute. I don't care if you've re-signed Geno Smith or not, because oh, Mayfield they could get him for a million. Yeah, hell. Yeah, Mayfield still he's still got. You you think about it, he's like, I don't want Baker Mayfield. Well, it's a one-year deal because that's really all it would be, right? And then he's free if it doesn't work out. Does he give you a better chance of winning games? 
Well, this gets complex, but does he give you a better chance of winning games than Drew Locke or Geno Smith? Hell yeah, he does. I mean, that's stupid if you think the opposite, that he doesn't. Um, he's, he's won a playoff game, first of all. He, you know, with playoff. that. Yeah, exactly. But the other question is, do you want to win that game, that many games? Because it's like, okay, you really need to get better. I mean, I, I want the Seahawks to win every game ever, right? But if this season goes better than expected, then they're hurting their draft stock next year. And it's like, is that if you're really rebuilding, do you want to do that? Maybe the Seahawks are, you know, tongue in cheek being like, okay, we've got Drew Locke, who we believe in, but yet we believe in so much we're going to re-sign this backup quarterback and overpay him. And I, I and and I know a lot of people I, I put that out. Oh, you don't understand. Yeah. You're stupid. You don't understand the contract. It's not seven million dollars. Well, first of all, the article I wrote, and I'm just borrowing it from material of people who actually know stuff. It doesn't right. say it's seven million. It says it's a base of four up to seven. But that four million dollars right. is still two point seven million than he was paid last year to exactly. be Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. The base is the base is much higher. And who are they negotiating and, and, against themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It seems that they but who knows? Maybe there were legitimate offers out there for similar money, which would be shocking. Yeah. But maybe there were. <clears throat> because it is kind of odd that the base is that high. I can see, you know, with incentives going to seven, it's like, oh, you know, and I don't know, I haven't seen like, specifically what the incentives are, but I'm guessing it's like, oh, if we win 10 games. Or if and he starts so many games, whether certain, win or right, lose, if he starts so percentages, many. You know, and then you can get up to seven. It's like, totally see that. But I would think that the base would be more like 1.5. Yeah. Or something exactly. like that. Yep. With the incentives, it's like, well, if you get the starting gig, you know, that would make sense to go up to seven. But the base being that high is something of a surprise. Yeah, and the other thing I don't understand is I understand that, you know, they well, – I don't understand it, and then I do understand it. What's wrong with you, Lee? Anyway, so – but I didn't <laughs> – you know, they keep saying, oh, Drew Lock, Drew Lock, we believe in the guy. And, and that makes right. sense. You want to say that he was in the trade, whether he ends up being the guy or not. You still want to say it. You don't want to be like – yeah, we got Drew Locke, and um, but you know, exactly. But bringing Smith back at that at that salary, which is a lot higher than he was as a backup, and he's expected to be the backup, is my understanding, because they want to start Drew Locke, is my understanding right. at this point. Then you're bringing him back for backup money, and I get generally backups in the NFL get paid more than what Smith got paid last year, and you know this money isn't extraordinary for a backup quarterback, but it's still a lot more than what he got paid so it's relative but the the other thing if you're drew lock like okay I, they've paid this guy all this money he knows the offense a whole hell of a lot better than i do because right. he's been in it he has gino at this point if i'm going into week one and drew lock and gino smith are my quarterbacks i'm starting gino smith because he knows the, the offense I, and he wasn't terrible because to me it's it's a message and it's an expensive message i don't I think that's the reasoning behind it. But what it becomes is it's an ex, it's a very clear message that the starting gig is wide open. Like you said, because that's not backup quarterback money for the guy that made, like you said, a third less last year. That's potential starter money. And, you know, based on how he does, then if he plays really well, then we'll bring him back next year for a lot more money, which they won't because – 
they'll be drafting their quarterback in the future in 2023. But <clears throat> I mean, to me, if I'm Drew Locke, I'm looking at that and thinking, and who knows, maybe, maybe that really is part of their thought process is like, okay, we're telling Drew he's our guy and he's our guy, but we also want to let him know that that sign that says always compete is for real. And it's like, we've signed this guy. He knows the offense. So you better stick your head in the playbook and you better work hard in every practice. And from all accounts, that is who Drew Locke is. I'm like, you had mentioned that Noah Fant had said, you know, he had given the guy a glowing endorsement and he should know he's played with him. Yep. So I have every expectation that Locke will be the starter. Unless, you know, something weird happens and they draft Matt Corral and it's like, and he blows him away in training camp and it's like, oh, look, here we go again. Here's this weird process where they have, which a lot of interesting parallels here. It's like you bring in a guy who has been, had some success with another team and you have the established backup. Oh, and this third round draft pick blows them both out of the water in training camp and he takes over. So that wouldn't exactly be the worst possible thing, right? Yeah. It's not going to happen, but that would be great. I'll throw this out but, real fast. Uh, trade yeah. for Tom Brady. I mean, just. To... <laughs> well, for, I think you're going to have to talk to the Miami Dolphins because, you know, they've been uh, <laughs> allegedly tampering with that process before Brady even said he's unretiring. So. How do you feel if you're Tua in that situation? Like, hey, I've been the quarterback here. Yeah, I'm just about I'm not. I'm just about over over the Dolphins of them too. It's like, oh my god. That's that's like, true. I'm surprised they haven't signed Geno Smith in Miami. It's like, why not? You've been trying to get every other damn quarterback on the face of the planet. Tua's like, like, if I have to back on. up Tom Brady, I'm going to lose all that bonus money for throwing games. Um. So. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's, that's, that's no one thing. Well, with all the turmoil the Seahawks have had, <clears throat> and I think about, hmm, yeah, but then again, they could be they could be the Dolphins. It's like, speaking yeah. of another franchise which possibly is more inept than the Browns, and in this case, it's totally because of their ownership. Anyway, at least they've the won Seahawks. a Super Bowl, um, as opposed to the Browns, and then they've as been, yeah. Of course, I keep forgetting the Browns weren't a team for a few years, but even before before and after, they haven't sniffed the Super Bowl. They haven't been there. They yes. haven't won one. They're not Sniff. going to win one with Sean Watson. Ugh. That's such so, a train wreck. Yeah. And good. I'm, I'm happy for him. It's, uh, I don't I don't want Jimmy to ever win anything, to be honest. So. He's not going to. But, uh, so, before we Thanks jump into draft stuff... <laughs> yeah. Owner of the year? Is that what you said? Owner of or the year, yes. Yeah. Or owner of the year? Yeah, that's, that's what I that's what I heard. Either one could be well, one is probably more likely to be correct than the other. Much more likely, much more likely. And we're not we're not talking about sexual matters either, so No no no, we're just talking um, anyway, about yes. uh, uh, dumb headed stuff. And speaking of yes. dumb headed stuff, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm fifty one years old. Todd's older than I am. I and I'm not Post 60. I heard this on a radio show earlier. This actually heard it on Mel Kuyper's show. And I like Mel on his on his podcast. He's actually really good. Um, yesterday, but because uh, you know, 
this is way off subject, not anywhere where I was going to go. But when Mel Kiper first started started being Mel Kiper on on TV, I thought he was really crass and like I didn't like him. But actually, it's just he actually seems like a decent guy. And and listening to his radio show, and sadly there's no John Clayton on Saturday morning, so I have to find something else. And actually, uh, yeah. Seattle Sports, as it's called, instead of 710 ESPN Seattle, now um plays the Mel Kiper podcast, and it's actually pretty fun to listen to. And he he seems he's actually. There was a guy who called in yesterday. I swear, people who are listening, this was not where I was going to go, but I will backtrack if I can remember <laughs> how to get back here. Getting to be my age, I can't remember things that well. But anyway, um, there was a guy who called in. He was like, yeah, I live in Iowa. Uh, Iowa again. <laughs> Interesting. But um, Or Nebraska. They're both the same state. Well, Slipknot's from Iowa, so I'll, I'll try to say Iowa. So um, anywho, he called in. He was like, yeah, I got a, I got a podcast with my brother. Um, and he didn't really go into the podcast, but he was like, oh, you guys, because it's Kuiper and one other guy. He's like, if you, either of you ever want to be on the podcast, you're more than welcome. But here's my question. And that's basically all I said. And then Kuiper, when he went to answer the question, Kuiper was like, I'll be on your podcast. I was like, that's a really sweet thing to say to a that's guy who just cool. called in. Yeah. But yeah. Anywho, um, getting back to what I was going to say, they started talking about Clayton Kershaw and they were talking about how people post 60 might see Dave Roberts taking Kershaw out um, uh, as, as just, you know, abhorrent to the game and people younger than that are like, Oh yeah, it makes sense because you know, you don't want to throw his arm out, which, and, and they're, I think they both wanted Kershaw to stay. I know Kuiper wanted Kershaw to stay in the game. And I, I've heard the Johan Santana stuff like, Oh, he, you know, he wasn't the same. Well, first of all, Johan Santana threw 138, 134 pitches in that no-hitter for the Mets yeah. before he – Kershaw had a perfect game of which there have been 23, right, 23 in Major League Baseball history. He had thrown 80 pitches through right. seven innings. No, that's 54 pitches fewer than Santana did, and he wasn't ever going to get to that that number. But right. if you – and I know Kershaw did the right thing after the game. He wasn't like, oh, no, you shouldn't have taken me out. Kershaw – is not that kind of guy. He's never going to say that, right? Right. So he and Matthew Stafford were on the same high school baseball team. Isn't that interesting? So and they're really good friends. But um, my my point is, that if you're if it's a no hitter, whatever he's thrown a no hitter before, maybe take him out. If it's a perfect game and he's thrown 80 pitches, and I don't know if you saw it. I, again, I was I've got this other monitor right in front of my face while I'm doing my day job, and I started watching it because it was a day game. And I, early in the game through the first three innings, I was just thinking, man, this guy's Kershaw stuff. He's Kershaw, right? This yeah. is filthy. I mean, they weren't coming close to hitting anything hard against no. him. They never did the whole time. So Dave Roberts is a bonehead because you don't take a guy throwing a perfect game out who's thrown 80 pitches in seven innings. If he goes into the eighth inning, he walks a guy, gets a hit, they hit two hard balls against him. Maybe take him out, but let's at least give him a chance in the eighth inning. Totally agree. Being over sixty, I would like to think that if I was twenty, I would still say eighty pitches, perfect game, and it wasn't luck. Like you said, he was just—I mean, dude, he was throwing some amazing games, but. 
Mm, yeah, I'm close to saying that was like, well, he was throwing a perfect game. But, I mean, just the way the pitches looked and the way the hitters were uh, reacting, <laughs> not hitting, and, and swinging as if they didn't see the ball or, you know, didn't yeah. know there was a ball. Yeah, I was like, he was absolutely <laughs> masterful. If it, if it was 110 pitches, I'm sorry, if it was 110 pitches, I still leave him in there and let him see what he can do. And the second he gives up a walk, the second he gives up a hit, he's out of there. But at 80 pitches? Yep. Come on. Yeah, or if I he know. struggles in the eighth. Maybe pull him after the eighth if he's still... <sighs> I don't know, even then, but if he's got a perfect game. But if say he goes 20 pitches for that inning, because he's right. averaging at that point, what, uh, 12, it's not even 12, yeah. right? It's 11 point something pitches per inning. He's not struggling through any innings. No. I mean, he 41 of those 80 pitches were sliders. He had swinging misses on 17 of those pitches. That's insane. That means... Yeah. Just like you said, they're, the batters are not seeing the ball. There's no way. They're seeing something that's not there. Isn't, isn't Dave Roberts, as a matter of fact, isn't Dave Roberts the only manager who's broken up two perfect games now? He's the only manager who could take that talented of a Dodgers team and not have it win a World Series. I, I think. mean, <sighs> I was like... Like you said, uh, I mean, if, even if it was if it was a no hitter, and he'd thrown 80 pitches, I would have left him in. It's like, yeah, I know he's got a no hitter, but it's like it's still a no hitter. It's like it would be really nice to have another one, but a perfect game, you cannot freaking do that. No, and I think you I can't do that to the guy or to your team. Yeah, and that's because you're it. sending a message to every player. It's like, yeah, I don't care if you're about to do something that's going to be in the record books forever. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna, and and I understand it wasn't. It's with good intentions, obviously. He's, you know, guarding his health, and therefore the eventual success of the team. I get that, but it was 80 pitches. It wasn't like he was gassed and he was hanging on. And it was like, you know, he, he's not. He's not Pete Rose penciling himself in when he's 45 exactly. years old and smacking right. two home runs as first baseman. It's like he's, you know, he was, he wasn't cruising. Jesus, what do you call what he was doing? Um, he was, though. He was kind of cruising. They weren't coming oh, but close it was to like Much easier than that. It was like he was throwing batting practice oh, yeah. and there's nobody there. Yeah, like, that's exactly right. And you're 100%, 100% <laughs> correct about everything you just said. The, the other thing that would that would bother well, was two things. Um, the first one is Kershaw is not Kershaw's the fifth starter on that team. That's how good that team is. But he's he right. got signed because he didn't want to go anywhere else, and he signed yep. to a one-year deal. So his I, I never want the player to get hurt. But it, again, if he's throwing a perfect game, let him continue until he says I can't. Um, so, but in that in that case, let the guy continue because he his health. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody who's ever been hurt doing anything, but right. his health is not going to keep that team from winning a World Series or not. If he was exactly. not on the team, the team would be in the same position they are without Kershaw, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Because he and so don't don't tell me it's no, oh, it's about the success. I mean, not you, Dave Roberts. That's what he said. Right, right. It's about the success of the team long term. If you lose Kershaw, which you will no matter what at some point during the season because that's how he is nowadays, 
It's right. like Rashad Penny. Not as bad, but about the same. It's kind of funny because Rashad Penny, like when he's in the game and he's on his stuff, he is maybe the best running back, one of the best running backs in in football, right? The same thing with Kershaw. When he's healthy and yeah. on his game, one and of the on, best pitchers. Right. But Absolutely. he's not that guy anymore. He's your fifth starter. Right. So it doesn't matter. His injury is not so much of a detriment to the team that the team's not going to win a World Series. If Kershaw doesn't pitch in the playoffs, which might be a smart move, unfortunately, but if he didn't pitch in the playoffs, you still have just as good a chance to win a World Series as you do if you had him. Let the didn't guy Kershaw, stay in the game. Didn't you, you talked about how Kershaw handled it after the game, and I totally agree. It's like, like the consummate professional. But didn't he actually even make a statement? It's like, well, you know, he'll, he'll have another chance sometime. It's like, and I'm not sure if he actually said that or if someone else said that, but I think he did. It was like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> I mean, as, as great as he's been, nobody can say, unless you're that Japanese right. pitcher. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's gone. He had a perfect game, then had a perfect game in his next start through eight innings, and then they. They took him out. The team lost the game. What is he, 19? Or like, come on, dude. Close. Yeah, he's 20. Sasaki. 20. Yeah. Um, Four starts this season, 1.16 ERA, 56 strikeouts, and 31 innings has allowed seven hits. Well, you know, uh, obviously he needs to uh, go down to the minors. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, no, you're not going to have that opportunity again. It's like as great as he is when he's on. And like you said, when he's on and he's healthy, he's the best pitch and he's the best pitcher in the game in that moment. I mean, by definition, if you're throwing a perfect game, you're the best pitcher there is. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's it's just heartbreaking that Dave Roberts it's like he sees the big picture but he doesn't see the biggest picture. Exactly. Yep. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad. I, I've watched, we've both watched, we're both huge baseball fans, even more than huge. football, right? Huge. Bigly. Yeah. Um, we've watched over our combined years thousands and thousands of baseball games, right? That's the most dominant three, I've three ever seen. <laughs> well, all the way through, because they last 16 hours. Because yeah. they're all played in Iowa. No, yes, that was the most dominant performance I've ever seen in my life. Like, because I, I just kept watching, thinking, oh, you get it, he'll give up a hit, somebody will hit it hard. Nobody nobody ever hit the ball hard, ever. It was just yeah. like, okay, you get that one line out to shortstop. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was and that just, was a beautiful play. That was a beautiful play. By but, Pete Rose. Pop, that was amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know Rose still played, nor did I ever know he played shortstop. But he was, was uh, Ozzy Smith-esque. I guess. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a sad sports moment, which is nice when you know it's something a sad sports moment is something that's strictly on the field and doesn't involve some horrible tragedy or something like that. So yeah, for but sure. But still, there was a happy sports moment with the in baseball that Ray's Ray's outfielder. Did you he hit the home run? Did you hear about that story about the little girl? Something now I'm going to have to look it up, but the, yeah, the, the Rays, he, something about, he hit a home yes. run and then like the, it was, he's undergoing cancer treatments. Yeah. And then and the, he had better before the game and yeah, you know, so, 
that dedicated the game to her. And it's like, it's weird how often this happens. And I'm not, you know, saying, oh, it's no big deal. It, it's, it's a great story. But you see this happen. It seems like almost every year something like this will happen. And, yeah, yeah there's thousands of home runs hit every year. We know that. But it's like there's not thousands of situations where this happens. And, and probably this – probably there's a similar situation that every week and you know because athletes are are just people are human too yeah not not sean watson but most of them are allegedly and you know they take the opportunity to meet fans and they're touched by stories like this and they'll say things like that and you know and they don't have a, a moment like that but yeah when those things happen it's really uh yeah no it, to me it wasn't even the, it was the interview after the game was because he actually started you know got tears too and i'm like man this is i don't care if it's a sport or not this is just a great right. human moment exactly exactly but uh, and then that's that's the best part of to me that's the best part of sports is is that connection yeah that, you know that the athletes have with the fans and you know, it's the human part of the story. It's not the stats and the numbers. As Come much on. as I love stats and mathy stuff, yeah, it's, uh, it's those connections. <laughs> and so, so and we're going to – next week we'll talk all NFL drafts, and we're not going to get too much into that because we're still just kind of in that gray area as far as, oh, maybe they'll take who? Maybe they'll take who? It's like just a guessing game at this point. And oh, it will yeah. be next weekend too, but it's the lead up the last weekend before the draft when the craziness starts happening. But licorice pizza – so here's yes. my thing. It was it was a good film, and and I yes. like Paul Thomas Anderson mostly. I, I like most of his films, but I felt like in this one he was trying to make the male character a lot like Max Fisher in in uh, Rushmore to me because of the different ideas he came up with. But the thing was that Max went even to a stranger degree. And I liked that character, well, because it's Rushmore, so I'm biased. But I liked that way that character was written more than Licorice, this guy in Licorice Pizza. But I thought the performances were phenomenal. I mean, even, yeah. the, even the little episodic stuff with, like, Tom Waits and Sean Penn and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it didn't necessarily need to be in the film, but it added to the film because it was well-written. So... Um, I, I, do really, think. I really like the movie. Yeah, I really like the movie. And like you said, the performances are like, I, I don't know, but it uh, seems like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman left left uh, a little bit of his soul and talent behind because that yep. kid is good, man. It's like and he resembles first, him a little yeah, bit. <laughs> for his first film, I was like, dude, knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and I'm I'm with you on on his films is like yeah some are like yeah okay but yeah this was this was uh i really really like the film and and i and i do get the whole thing with, with max is like he wasn't quite as over the he's less likable than max even though in some ways max yeah. is more despicable a hundred percent agree <laughs> that's a perfect way of saying it but uh and and in a way because i think i think the character of max was so over the top that you kind of like gave you license to say, yeah, okay, but like he wouldn't really be like that. Whereas this character is more realistic and he's also pretty, sh I don't know. He's well, uh, Max, pretty shady, Max but was, he's, also, he's also a kid. 
Yeah, so, Max is over the top, but he's oh, they're the same. They're the same age, right? In the films. Yeah, 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 I but think Max, they are. We're very Max, close. Yeah. Yeah, Max is over the top, but he's also more aware, self-aware of himself because he knows. Oh, he knows what his weak, not weaknesses. He knows what his, he knows where he can be hurt. And I'm not sure yeah. this, this kid really, I mean, he does and he doesn't. Not to the degree Fisher does. Yeah. Which in a way is, makes him a more realistic character because at that age, hell, at any age, a lot of times you're not that self-aware. Whereas yeah. Max is, but that's what Max makes Rush more. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Max is special. That's one thing that makes Rushmore just such an incredible movie. It's like, Winter's Pizza is a really good movie, but <laughs> but Rushmore is like ageless, and that movie's just amazing. Yeah. And, have, uh, you, well, have you watched the French dis- the, the French Dispatch yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. It's I um I mean any West Enders some are better than others, but I just. I just love yeah, all Wesley's the Anderson films. twins. So and it's or, or yeah, exactly. And actually, I never thought about that. Actually, that's kind of funny. They're not, but um, <laughs> no. <laughs> the funny thing is, when I was watching, because it dawned on me fairly early when I was watching Licorice Pizza, I was like, man, he, this guy. I don't know if he's intentionally doing it, but he. I think if anything, it's like an ode to Wes Anderson in a way. And I kept thinking. Is he going to split the screen right down the middle? And there's a few scenes <laughs> where he does. And it's just like, oh, I bet, yeah. man, it's got to be intentional. Because no no director of their ilk does anything without forethought, right? Right, right. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to, but I'll end the show with this. Have you seen Sonic the Hedgehog films? Did you see the first one? I have not seen either of them. And I, I, and I understand that they're both quite good. Yeah, I haven't seen, seen either one, but the f- second one's made a ton of money already. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that well, Jim, Jim Carrey machine just keeps rolling along. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? He's had quite a career resurgence. He is. And I, I never disliked him. I mean, he's he's um, he's a little odd, but it all I kinda, went wrong. I, I kind of like that about guy. him. It all yeah. went wrong with the cable guy. Damn, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did kind of start going weird. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's, it's funny to watch him be a, a villain because I, I, I was seeing an article. This, ha- uh, By the way, if you're still waiting for Seahawks talk, we're done. Um, because we'll talk all draft next week. But uh, we get to have some fun on the show. And if anybody else is listening, hopefully you're still having some fun as well. All three listens, hopefully. all by me. But um, anywho. Three times. I was uh, New Musical Express had an article. That's an English magazine. Uh, had an article this week about um, there had been some some critic polling as far as best English films of the 2000s so far, and um, I can't remember what number one, but one the one of the top three was Paddington Two, which sounds like a joke, but it's like it, it's not. I don't know if you've seen Paddington Two, but it's I, the, I have. The, I have yes. It's really a great film but it kind of yeah. reminded me of like awesome. hugh grant is the bad guy you know in that one and he does such a great job and i think jim carrey must do a great job in this being the villain of, in the sonic film so good for him next movie you need I'm to watch sure. is everything everywhere all at once awesome movie that sounds like my day job is that not uh, is that documentary I think, 
think it is. <laughs> Actually, I think you are in the background in three or four scenes now. But great movie. What is that one about? It is a. Uh, can, I, about, can I say that again? I'll, I'll say it again because that, anyway, listening, it's like, well, what did Lee say? I'll say it again. <laughs> what is that one about? This one is about Michelle Yeoh, who plays a... She's always great. Proprietess, yes, and she's amazing. And she is the star of the film, finally. And she is the proprietess of a Chinese laundry, and she's in a marriage which is kind of struggling, and she's struggling with a relationship with her adult daughter. And it turns out that uh, she's just in one universe, and her husband... The version of her husband from the Alphaverse, which was the first universe that figured out there's other universes, is recruiting her, and he's been through who is knows how Benedict, many universes. Benedict Cumberbatch, is he in this film? He is not, sadly. Uh, that would be the only possible thing that could make this film better. But he's recruiting her because she's the only one who can save all of the multiverses. So you get dozens of versions, some of them very short, but dozens of versions of Michelle Yeoh. And... Uh, it's an absolutely crazy, crazy film. There are two martial arts scenes that use sex toys, and I can't even say what they are on this podcast. <laughs> but it's <clears throat> unbelievable that they committed this to film and that they, it was actually uh, screened in the United States in our current environment. Um, but it's hilarious. It's touching. I mean, it's just an absolute – it's so different that's the one of the things I love about it is like, you know, because there's so much criticism of Hollywood doing oh, doing the same thing over and over. And it's like, let's have like the 37th Fast and Furious. It's like, there's nothing like this movie. Nothing like this movie. Yeah, it sounds like the Marvel multiverse stuff is like, no. It just sounds confusing. It sounds like everything's happening all at once. It is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange thing because I, I was in the movie like theater the title. for about a little over two hours. But at the same time, I was only there for 23 seconds. I can't figure that out. It's just very strange. Uh, and the Batman really, really was somehow involved. Yeah, the Batman, which, by the way, HBO Max tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, you didn't right. get to go see it. Uh, go ahead and sign up for HBO Max and watch the Batman because it's a really good movie. But yeah, to the, to the listeners, yes, I think we've, we've both seen the Batman with and, uh, uh, Adam West. And, and as a matter of fact, a lot of the Seahawks like the Batman. And if they have seen it, then they will like everything everywhere all at once. He is like, I have to talk about the Seahawks a little bit. I wonder if, wonder who would be better? Who would you rather see as a bat villain? And I know the answer, but who would you rather see as a bat villain? Would you rather see DK or Pete Carroll? Oh, of those two? Of those two. Of those two. I think Pete Pete's just natural optimism would not. It exactly. would not roll over to the screen. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Pete's natural villainy. <laughs> it's like, no, I love Pete. He, he, he uh, comes across that way, doesn't he? It's like, yeah. I can't imagine him playing a villain. That's it's like, it yeah. literally what you said. A lot of twelves <laughs> don't like Pete for some reason. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I'm going to defend Pete till the to the end of the earth. I mean, he's just won too many games. But it's like a DK is almost like if he smiles, it's like, oh, the world is a better place. I mean, he just has that kind of smile. It's that's a tough one. He can one. pull it off, though. He can pull it off. Although, actually, I don't, I don't know if he can act, but, God, he would be an awesome freaking Batman. Holy crap. I was just thinking of anybody on the team who would be a villain. It's got to be that damned Sidney Jones. <laughs> That's our show. Thanks for listening. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 